Welcome to the Heartland Community Church Podcast, a podcast designed to help you in your personal spiritual growth. This podcast is part two of the series, Rose-Colored Glasses. Eric Park's message is titled, Parenting with the End in Mind. Welcome to week two of Rose-Colored Glasses, and we are covering an area that honestly, when you think about it, I don't think there's anything more important and more difficult than parenting. Because this is what I know about parenting. Like, parenting is not for the faint of heart. Like, if you're gonna parent, it takes courage and it takes grit and it takes tenacity. Like, parenting, it may be one of the most challenging things like a human being ever does. And and I knew this almost from the get-go when it came to parenting my children. Not three kids. And um, Christy and I got married. We were pretty young. We were, I was 23, and we had been married for seven months. I was interning at a church when Chrissy came in to tell me that she was pregnant. Well, um, those nine months flew by, and um, it was pretty apparent when Chrissy went into labor that parenting might be a challenge for Eric Parks. Um, we show up. And I hadn't done any Lamaze classes because, I don't know, just didn't. Um, I really didn't know what to expect, right, at all. Uh, I didn't know what to expect labor. I didn't know what to expect with the doctors. So we show up. And uh, my wife, if you don't know Chrissy, she is just like, uh, she's savage. Uh, She is just a stud. She is so frugal. We were so poor that she's like, well, I'm having this baby natural. I'm like, you're okay. So no pain medicine. She's in the middle of labor. When the doctor, um, I sort of stand up and then view the labor process. And it was in that moment that I was pretty sure I was not prepared. I turn white as a ghost. I begin to like, uh, the room starts to spin. And I go over to sit down. I put my head between my legs and I'm literally, I'd never passed out in my life. I am seconds away from passing out when my wife in mid-labor looks over at me and she says to the nurse, hey, hey, you need to go take care of my husband. She's in the middle of labor. She goes, can you, can you go take care of Eric? And the nurse looked back at Chrissy and, she, and the nurse was like, yeah, he's going to be just fine. Look, I wasn't all that prepared and I think as we brought Daily home, my feeling is probably similar to many of us when we first started the journey of parenthood. Like, how do we do this? How do you do this? How do you nurture and bring up this little human? Now, I wanna say this. Over the next few minutes, we're gonna talk about parenting, but if you're not a parent, I promise you, this message, the principles in this message, they are for you too. These principles that I'm gonna lay out in God's word, this is how you bring out the best, not just in your kids, but everybody. Um, Your boss, your friends, your coworkers. This message really is for all of us. And while it's centered around child rearing, I think every single one of us can pick some truth out and apply it to our relational world and see fruit come from it. Now, there's a reason why we picked the series that we did to dive into rose-colored glasses, and that's because it is so true that relational, relational areas of our life have been uh, so prominent 
probably because we haven't had relationships, at least the kinds of relationships we used to have because of COVID. And I think it's brought some reality to our life that we felt like as a church we wanted to dive into. And plus, I figured if I could get a few principles out to all of us, it may save some of you from killing your children. So in an effort to really look at how do we parent well, how do we um, parent God's way, we're gonna dive into parenting. So what are the steps? Now, if you have a pen and paper, I don't normally do this, but I would recommend like taking out your phone um, or grabbing a pen and paper because I'm gonna give you some practical some practical guides of parenting. And let me say this, these are all things that I have learned, Chrissy and I have learned along the way. We have many people to credit and many people to thank, many authors. None of these ideas are unique to me. These are just 25 years of parenting um, sort of wrapped up in a really small talk. So to all those that have influenced our thinking and our parenting, we are grateful and that um, starts the first lesson that Chrissy and I learned. If you're gonna raise kids and really be successful, this is one thing we learned. First, you have to accept their unique wiring completely. I wanna say it again. Like, really parenting successful is really about accepting your children's unique wiring completely. Now. Any of you that have done any child rearing, you know as well as anyone that none of your kids are alike. I mean, they just aren't alike. Uh, when I look at my kids, I know this, we raised them in the same house, they were basically all born in the same hospital, same environment, same discipline, although daily who is our oldest and now out of the house. She contends pretty regularly that we were much stricter on her as the firstborn than we are on Harry, who is our sixth grader now, which that, that could be true, that could be true. But here's what's interesting. Each of our children, they are not just anecdotally different. And what I mean by that is like, oh, just some surfacey things that are different about them. These kids, they literally are fundamentally wired differently. In fact, we had all of our kids take the Enneagram. Now, I don't know if you know about the Enneagram, but let me explain it real quick. It is this system of personality typing, and it just basically describes patterns of how people conceptualize the world and how they manage their emotions. So it's this personality model based on nine different types. Um, well, we had our kids take the Enneagram, and our three kids who are all born from the same parents, raised the same way. They are absolutely fundamentally different. Daily, she's a two on the Enneagram, which is a help giver or a caregiver. And, and that just is means she loves like altruistically, empathetically serving. She's this hardworking, motivated, driven person, but it's all around people, like attending to them. And we knew this, like we didn't need the Enneagram to tell us she was a two. Like we used to call her growing up mini mom because her brothers, Graham and Harry, they're quite, you know, they're quite a bit younger. Graham is mm, five and a half years younger. Uh, Harry's about 10 years younger. And one of the things you saw in daily is this mothering, caregiving instinct. Like even when she was five, 
she would, or when she was probably seven, because Graham would have been about two, she would drag Graham everywhere. She went to a friend's house, she brought Graham. If a friend didn't want to play with Graham, then Daly was like, well, then you don't play with me. That's like her wiring. Now you look at Graham. Graham on the Enneagram is an investigator. He's got this curious, independent, like learning streak. We saw this a couple years ago, driving in the car. And um, his grandfather sitting in the front seat with me. And uh, Ray, uh, he, he was this, he loved engines and cars. He worked on cars. Well, I've never worked on a car day in my life. And I've never talked to Graham about how to work on a car for an hour. Those two sat in a conversation talking about the way that like a, a 408 engine works. And then he started talking about carburetors and fuel injection. And I mean, literally I had no idea, no idea what they were talking about. Hour in, I look back at Graham and I'm like, how in the world do you just know that? Like, I didn't tell you that. He was like, oh, I went on YouTube. I just watch YouTube videos all the time. I just figured out how cars work. I mean, the kid changes his own oil. I've never changed my own oil. And then you look at Harry. Same, same family, like same upbringing. And this kid is a seven. He's this adventurous, spontaneous, will do whatever. We went on a, if I say, hey, let's go uh, on a mountain biking trip. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go wrestle crocodiles. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, that's just like Harry. That's what he is. And it's so interesting because I think sometimes we see these differences and we gloss over them, but this is the truth. You know, God made those kids that way. The differences in your kids, God made them that way. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his masterpiece. And I think we're tempted to think about that in terms of like we're, we're wonderful, which is true. But I think a better likening of that is if you've ever been to an art museum and you've seen a masterpiece, have you ever noticed that those pieces of art, they're, they're not carbon copies? Each piece of art, even if they're done by the same artist, they're different, they're unique. They're intricately unique. I think this is what God's talking about. Look, your kids have been uniquely and wonderfully made. And I think one of the grave mistakes we make as parents is thinking we can raise all our kids who are so uniquely different the same way. Rick Warren says this brilliantly. He says, raising kids the same is stupid. You have to understand that your kids are unique. So how do you sort of put yourself in a place to accept their unique wiring um, fully, completely? Well, let me give you two simple steps. Number one, you have to know and accept the unique wiring. What I mean by that is you need to know it. Uh, whether you have them take some sort of Enneagram tool or you just take really notes, uh, a lot of notes about your kids, you, you need to recognize their uniqueness. Now, at the end of um, the service today, we're gonna give you a link 
to a free Enneagram assessment that you can take with your kids. Um, you can have them take to understand, but it's really important to, to know what their uniqueness is, like what motivates them, what discourages them, right? This helps us decipher what's like going on in the minds of our kids. And then secondly, you need to accept that. Build systems to let them be unique. Have you ever noticed that those unique kids, they don't all like to do the same things? So parents, let me let you in on a secret. Not all your kids are gonna like the same stuff you do, right? One of the things we learned raising kids around like uniqueness, a great example is summer vacations. We used to to vacation down in Orange Beach, Alabama every year. And what we learned pretty quickly at an early age is these kids are unique and they don't like the same things. And they would just fuss and moan about, I don't wanna go here and I don't wanna do that. And we finally, we honestly reaching wit's end, we decided to come up with a new system. We called it perfect days. And it was really simple. It was every single person in our family, including parents, everybody got one perfect day a week. And a perfect day was your day. You could do whatever you want. And everybody had to do it with you. So you wanna eat um, ice cream for breakfast? Great. You wanna sleep in? Great. Wanna go to do go-karts? Great. Whatever you wanna do, night swimming, hot dogs, whatever, it was your day. And nobody could complain about it. If anybody else complained, they lost their perfect day. Now, I don't know what your system might look like, but the reality is this is part of knowing and accepting your kid's uniqueness. Know their uniqueness completely. Build systems to help them sort of show their uniqueness, and this is really, really important, parents. Resist the urge to compare. Look, I think this is so important to our kids because you may not realize this. Our kids are almost constantly being bombarded with comparisons. I mean, that's what, that's what this is. This little phone and the things that they do on it is this constant reminder of what they may not be. Think about it. When you're on Instagram or Facebook, and you see one of your friends from high school posting on a vacation, don't you think, oh, look at their life. It's so great, it's so perfect. Wish my life was that good. I mean, come on, we do it. And our kids, man, they're, they're living in this constantly. Listen, don't compare them. And, and this, is, this, is, this is important. It is inevitable that you might be more closely wired to one of your children. You have got to resist the temptation to compare one of your kids to one of the kids you just understand better. Look, your wiring doesn't make you anybody any better than anybody else's wiring. And just because that kid might understand or you might understand them better, it's devastating to compare. It just is. Theodore Roosevelt said this, he said, comparison is the thief of joy. And the Apostle Paul, he writes it really clearly in Galatians 6, 4, when he says, but let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor. That's about comparison. So what's the second step 
in really raising strong children, doing it God's way? Well, the second step is to affirm your children regularly. This is really important. One of the things we used to tell Graham when he was really little, he would sometimes get frustrated and he would, you know, he wouldn't know what to do with himself. And so we'd say to him all the time, hey, buddy, buddy, use your words. Use your words, bud. Parents, I'm telling you, use your words. You need to shower your kids with affirmation. You need to tell them what you love about them, what's amazing about them. You need to tell them the strengths you see in them. Say it, text it, do it. Now listen, this doesn't mean that you stop disciplining your children. You're gonna have to tell them truths about like how they should live. You're gonna have to point out to them, part of parenting is helping guide them, but you've got to find ways to tell your children what they mean to you how awesome they are. Because listen, kids who are reminded regularly that they don't measure up, it lasts with them forever. You need to text them, write them, and I'm telling you, doing this, it pays off. It just does. One of the things, one of the things that happens inside the life of children who are affirmed by their parents regularly is one, it builds self-esteem. It just does. It helps them know who they are. They start to believe it. And, and I was reminded of this because um, this wasn't all too long ago. My daughter just got married um, and it was like a pretty special day for us. Uh, she, she was married a year ago, May 10th. And at the wedding, um, we had this moment. Now, look, I love my son so much, but you know, having a girl is like this, tender thing inside of a dad. And so like I've been weeping about daily um, for a long time. Like we, we just kind of cried together. Well, on the very, f- uh, right before she was to go down the aisle and I was to walk her down, we had a few minutes and she gave me a gift and I'm gonna read it to you. I'm actually looking at it on my computer. She gave me this handkerchief and this is what the handkerchief said. It said, Daddy, thank you for showing me what it means to love big, laugh loud, and lead well. You are my first love. Everything, every word, every moment was worth it in that moment because I saw this strong young woman marrying this wonderful young man and I knew that much of what had happened in her life is because of the words that Daly's mom and I chose to speak over her. It builds self-esteem. The second thing that it does when we speak life into our kids is it builds an appropriate and accurate view of God. Like when your children hear what you say to them, do you know that they build their view of God based on what they see in you, mom, and especially you, dad? Listen, tell them, because when they hear these things, they begin to believe God's, tr- believe God's truths about them. They begin to believe that they're loved by God. In John 3, 16. They, they, they believe because what you've, you've spoken so much life into them that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. 
They believe that the greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. And they start to really believe with everything in them that all things are possible to me because I believe. Affirm your kids. It builds self-esteem and it builds a view of God. And then lastly, think with the end in mind. Now, too often, I can tell you how it goes, went for Chrissy and I, and I bet it, it's been like this for you. I think too often we get into merely survival mode, right? Where, where the goal is to like just get through the week or just get through the day. Uh, it's like a moment by moment deal with kids sometimes. And then what happens is, is we can sometimes stay in survival mode. And then it's like, well, let's just get through the teething stage or let's get through this crying stage. And then you fast forward, it's like, let's get through the preschool stage and then let's get through the grade school stage. And then it's, let, let's get through middle school, which trust me, I was definitely, Christy and I were definitely saying that. Let's get through the crazy sports schedule, through high school. Then it's like, let's pick a college. Let's get them to college. Let's pay for college. And then it's like, let's get them through the wedding. And then you wake up and go, wait, we're, we're done? You know, if we're not careful and we stay in survival mode, merely in survival mode, sometimes... We, we make decisions that may shortcut development in our kids. So what Chrissy and I decided was we were going to create a, an end in mind statement, a mission statement, if you will, that just we, what we hope this whole thing will look like in the end. And it was really, really simple. This was like a goal for raising kids, a sandbox to help us make decisions. And the statement was really simple. We aim to release physically, spiritually, and emotionally healthy kids into the world. That's it. That's our job. And I can't tell you how many times Chrissy and I have come back to that, to, to that statement when it came to making big and small decisions. Now, I'm not saying we always got it right because we didn't. In fact, I'm quite sure there'll probably be some counseling that has to happen with all of our kids because look, we're just not perfect. None of us are. But we tried really hard not to raise our kids to love us back or just behave. We really, truly were trying to have this goal, like when we're done and they all, the, the, we, we've, we've finished with this portion of what God's asked us to do, we can look and go, hey, did, did we, were we on mission? Are our kids physically and physically, are spiritually and emotionally healthy? Accept their wiring completely. Affirm your children regularly and think with the end in mind. Listen, we need strong families. We need them more than ever. We need families who are led by courageous parents and strong families, they don't happen on accident. It takes work and it takes smarts and it takes patience. And listen, it takes a plan. So this might not be the only plan. There's all kinds of plans, but we are praying for you parents in this season that God will help reveal for you like a plan. Wherever you're at, 
And know this, some of you might be new parents. Some of you may not be parents yet. Some of you may feel like your parenting season is almost over and maybe it's too late. It's not. We are praying that through God's spirit, he, he will just help you solidify this plan for, listen, one of the most important things you'll ever do in your life. So I'm gonna pray for you, parents. I'm gonna pray that God's Holy Spirit will give you such wisdom in this season that when you're done with this noble task, you can look back and go, we did what God asked us to do. God, I pray for all my friends that are listening who are parents and in the season of parenting right now that you will give them such wisdom, that you give them discernment, that you'll give them strength and patience to carry on in this most important task. God, may your Holy Spirit fill their room in this next moment. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Heartland Community Church Podcast. Eric Park's message, Parenting with the End in Mind, is part two in the series, Rose-Colored Glasses. You can experience the entire service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page. Or you can go to the Heartland Community Church YouTube channel. Or you can watch it on the Heartland app. Search Heartland CC in the App Store.